Hi, welcome to the Aesthetic Podcast. This is your host, Aesthetic Anne, and we're here today with our co-host, as always, the lovely and beautiful Sarah. Hi, everyone. So today's podcast, I was going to intro us as today's podcast is quite timely. However, we're a little bit ahead of the curve, I'm going to say. Why is that? Well, because today's subject, topic, I I almost couldn't decide what to say. Today's topic, we're going to be discussing about the vampire facial and the latest news, what has come out of New Mexico. We were a little bit ahead of that curve because... Because we've been talking about that for the past two episodes. Yes, and we actually had Dr. Reynolds himself from Cellular Medicine Association on as our guest for episode number 12, which we recorded that back in March. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this news story broke April 29th, was the earliest I could find. If there's another article out there before the New York Daily News, I apologize. But right now, what the earliest we could find was Monday, April 29th, out of the New York Daily News. So what's the news? What's going on? Well, funny that you should ask. Um Kim Vavra, V-A-V-R-A, so I apologize, Kim, if I'm butchering your name, Kim Vavra and Teresa Brain um, broke the story about a med spa in New Mexico that had patients uh, exposed to HIV, and apparently two of them have now tested positive for HIV. Oh, my gosh. And they... (laughs) You say that like you don't know. I know you know. You know about this, don't you? Well, I, I did see the article that you posted on Facebook. Yeah, but did you not know ago. about this before I posted that? No. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm... But I didn't... I have to confess, I didn't read the article. I just read the headline. Okay. Well, I hope the headline was enough for you. Yeah, well, pretty much what you just said was the headline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, considering you're pretty involved with what we do. But to those of you who don't know, uh, Rolling Stone also did a follow-up. There's probably been several follow-ups. But there was a med spa in New Mexico, and, you know, it didn't really say what town or what city it was in. So I have no idea if this was in Santa Fe or in Albuquerque or someplace else. But there was a med spa in New Mexico. They have been doing some of these PRP treatments. I think probably the most popular one that they were doing, or maybe the only one, is the Vampire Facial So there is also the vampire facelift, and I'll make a quick distinction. Vampire facial is microneedling with a microneedling device, and vampire facelift is where you are injected with filler and PRP. So Right, we talked about that last episode. Yeah, so the facial is the microneedling with PRP. The facelift is hyaluronic acid, Juvederm, Restylane-type filler, and then going behind that and injecting PRP, which is the patient's own PRP. So apparently in this article, it looks as though this particular med spa, the way that these clients were exposed, where they were being just uh, just downright disgusting. Poor like practice. Cheap. It's beyond like poor practice. needles. Well, I know that's a very mild way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, since this is a podcast and we don't have to be politically correct, they were just cheap ass bad. Mother truckers. <laughs> yeah. They were just, yeah. And I do not believe that they were medical personnel. In fact, I'm going to have to say, 
I cannot even fathom that anybody that knew that this was going on could have been any kind of medical personnel. I cannot. They were. They ain't no more. They better not be. I mean, it's just. They definitely won't be. It's just, it's just, it really is beyond fathomable. But basically with microneedling, you have a, um, you have a microneedling device, not a roller. We're talking about a device that's electronic um, or battery operated. And it has individual cartridges. The cartridges have the needles um, connected. And you, for every patient, you have a new cartridge. They're right, disposable. Because that goes into someone's skin, which touches their cells. Yeah, I mean, the needles blood. pierce the skin and you, and, and you get pinpoint bleeding. That's why, well, it's called the vampire facial for two reasons. And I think the main reason is drawing the blood. So we do draw blood from the patient themselves. Right, we, we talked about all this in the last episode. We use their episode. blood and we use their plasma, yeah. their platelet-rich plasma. And I correct myself, we don't use their blood. We just use their plasma. But You draw their blood, right? take their plasma. Right, and people... Like a bunch of vampires. <laughs> yes. And then, and then with the microneedling device, depending on how aggressive people get with the microneedling device, you can also create some very heavy pinpoint bleeding. So at that point the patients, their face can be, can have their own blood on it, um, like a scrape. But it's not a scrape, it's... it's A bunch of little stabs. Yeah, it's a bunch of little micro injuries, we call it. So anyway, these people apparently were reusing the same cartridges. On multiple patients. Yeah. Okay, this this is kind of a weird question, but um, it's, it's HIV, right? Yes. Okay, that's, I know that's kind of like a sensitive topic in some ways like but i'm just i'm just asking questions to be informed don't worry no judgment here yeah no judgment i'm just i'm just asking and if they're going to judge you they'll email it to us and they'll email it to you (laughs) they'll they'll email it to me and then i will um i'll censor it for you okay (laughs) so like with hiv do you do you have to like disclose that to a medical professional if they're like giving you a treatment because they're like handling like needles with your blood in it and stuff. And like, obviously they should be safe and like wearing gloves and all that. So I'm out of breath. I'm literally not doing anything. I'm sitting. <laughs> I'm just being you, eight months pregnant. You, I'm like out of breath. You're doing a lot. You're laying there manufacturing <laughs> a little human. I'm incubating a parasite right now. But it's, I'm like. No, it's not a parasite. She's a little bitty human. Yeah, but she's. She's mooching off of me right now. <laughs> She's using I'm just kind of cracking myself up because I can hear my breathing in my <laughs> headphones. And I'm like, I'm literally not doing anything. I'm just sitting here being eight months pregnant, talking like I just ran up the stairs. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. My apologies for listeners. But so do you have to just dis- like do. Yes, you should. You should. Do you. As you, as a nurse injector, do you like ask that like on any of the forms that they fill out? Because yes. sometimes, like you fill out forms that are like, do you have a history of asthma? Do you have a history of internal bleeding? I don't know whatever diseases are and stuff. Is that on those forms? Yes. So that you would be aware of that. Now they should be on people that are doing these treatments, Botox or fillers, or the microneedling or any any kind of treatment where the skin is going to be pierced and blood can be available, 
to either the patient or the person doing the treatment, yes. Um, we the ask, next question that's kind of even more offensive, but I don't mean to be offensive. Okay. Are you allowed to deny services to people that disclose that they are HIV positive? You know, I don't know the answer to that, honestly. I'm going to go out on a limb and say probably not unless you can prove or that you don't have the appropriate supplies or equipment to appropriate, appropriately, safely treat that patient. Gotcha. But that's what... That's, you know, like, C, that's, like, that's like an emergency situation, so like CPR, and mm-hmm. you don't have like a little mask or something to go over them, or like someone's bleeding out and like you don't put your hand over them to like save them. Yeah, or, you know what I mean? So HIV, hep C, hep B, those are all blood-borne pathogens. So like in a situation you were talking about CPR, that's not an issue. It's just, but it's an issue like at a car accident or something like that. And that's why as medical personnel, we're constantly wearing gloves. Um, You know, it's not, a lot of people think that the blue gloves that come in the box that you just see sitting out in the treatment room. We don't put those on to protect the patient from us as much. I mean, we do. There is a part of that. They're but, clean. They're, they're not but dirty. But we don't put those on as much as it is really to protect us from the bodily bodily fluids and things of the patient. Right. Yeah. So if you really look at it that way. It's more defense than yeah. offense. Because, because to protect the patient... So in a surgery where everything has to be completely sterile, there is a completely different type of glove that's worn. The gowns are sterile. Um, there's in the OR, it's a completely different different thing. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So um, and the gloves have to be put on a certain way, mm-hmm. and you. That's why in the TV shows you see the surgeons like holding their hands up kind of after they've scrubbed in yeah, and then someone has to help glove them and then they still have to hold their hands up until they get over to what's called the sterile field. But this show's not about that. Yeah. Okay. So sorry. And I'm done, back being, around. I'm done being offensive. Okay. Let's circle back around. So basically, so how can did, you, how, wait, wait, back to the story. So how did these people find out about it? I was just about to say, can you imagine you're like, just minding your own business, doing your own thing. Getting a little facial from the med spa in the corner. Yeah, sing, singing a song, Going driving down the business. highway, and you get a phone call. And the phone call says, hi, Sarah, this is the Department of, this is New Mexico's Department of Health and Safety and Barbers and Cosmetologists or whatever. And... We would like to strongly encourage you to go get tested, possibly for an HIV exposure. Like, can you imagine? I'd be like, um, oh, why? And they'd be like, well, our records show that you... Went to this med spa. You received a medical procedure from this med spa on June 12th of 2018, and they were, uh, they were uh, not... Are you going to... Not being so careful. Replay the whole conversation. <laughs> no. <laughs> Did you actually have this no, experience? No, no. I don't know. No. <laughs> but oh my gosh, yeah. And then to be the, I, I don't know how many clients they had. I'm sure dozens. Well, it says in the article 
that 100 people have already been tested. So two out of those 100. Oh, my gosh. 2%. lots of people went and got tested, and they were like, okay, scotch-free, like in the clear. And then to be one of the two people that those results come back, that's awful. It's terrible. That is, that's life ruining. Yeah. So what, what happened? Like what's going to happen? I don't know. Well, the med spa has already been shut down. I'm hoping there's going to be criminal charges pressed. I will not. civil suits. Yes. I will not be shocked. If the state does not pursue criminal charges, I guarantee you one of those victims, because they are victims, probably will. It's just kind of too early. They're probably too in shock to really know what they can do. Anyway, the med spa was shut down, but in the New York Daily News, um, these two reporters stated in the article that this was a time period between May of 2018 and September of 2018. So September 7th is when the med spa was closed down. But, yeah, I mean... Can you imagine if, like, and then you hear the story break and say you went to that med spa one time. Can you imagine, like, scrolling back through your calendar, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, when was I in there? Yeah. When was I in there? You know, was I in there between May and September? So, um, yeah. And, and of course, we had Dr. Runnels on here, as I mentioned, in episode 12. You know, he, he made a very good distinction. He All of his points were very well taken, and I hope people heed them. But I'll just kind of recap on a couple of his points. So first of all, we did discuss the difference in you know things that are FDA approved. A lot of people think that certain specific procedures or treatments are FDA approved, and that's not actually true. What, what does F- the FDA approve? Well, what is FDA approved is products and um, equipment. So he made a very good point in that, you know, people that are members of Cellular Medicine Association, he does not endorse any particular products. And one of the items that we use when we do these procedures, which would be, um, again, the Vampire Facial, the Vampire Facelift, the O-Shot, the P-Shot, hair restoration, any of those things that we're using PRP for, we would be using an FDA-approved centrifuge, which the centrifuge is what we put the, the test tube of blood in and it spins and through gravity and all that stuff, the red blood cells are weighted and they go to the bottom and the PRP is separated out and then we use the PRP. So he doesn't endorse specific products, but he makes available to those of us in the organization, the Cellular Medicine Association, which by the way, you can find at Cellular Medicine association.org cellularmedicineassociation.org so if you are a nurse nurse practitioner, physician, PA if you are a medical provider you can go to cellularmedicineassociation.org and you can look at these treatments and see if you'd like to provide them but he does make available to us names of companies and manufacturers of the different centrifuge devices that are FDA approved so you definitely want to make sure that you're company is using an FDA-approved centrifuge. Now, there's a lot out there as to whether or not different microneedling devices are FDA-approved or not, and I really don't want to get into that. But what is important is that when you are getting microneedled, that they are using a device that the cartridges are constantly being changed out. The, The cartridge is used one time, 
taken off and put in the sharps container just like any other sharp object, needle, blade, whatever. Um, it's also good to have a device that has an enclosed cartridge system. So you can ask your providers, what kind of device do you have? I would even, before you go to the appointment, I would call the place, if you've never been there before, even if you have, you've never had microneedling done, ask them, what device are you using? And I would look that particular device up online and see, you know, is that a device that's commonly used in the U.S.? Is it something that you can easily order on Amazon? <laughs> is it... You know, I, I would check into the devices, but they need to be a device that has the cartridge has its own enclosed system so that the blood and the PRP and those different things do not uh, easily spread. And of course, each device needs to be properly cleaned. I would inquire, I would ask them, how are you cleaning your devices? And again, most importantly, who is doing these treatments and what kind of licensing do these people have? Yeah, because that's, yeah, the most important thing. Yeah. You're paying a lot of money for these procedures, and they're procedures that, are like, affect your body. It's not like hair that grows back or, like, nails that could, like, chip off and, like, you'll be fine. This is, like, what you put in your face, in your bloodstream, in your entire body. It's ma it matters. Yeah. It, You're worth it. Do your research. It, so there's a quote from David Morgan of the New Mexico Department of Health, Media, and Social Media. What'd he have to say? Yeah, well, I just think that this is really interesting. He has a good point. I understand the point he's trying to make, so I'm not trying to like make fun of him or shame him. I'm just going to take his point and take it a little bit further. There is no legislation directly regulating these cosmetic procedures. So first of all, I want the public to know, as we state often, this program is for education, information, to the public, therefore empowering you, the individual, to make good decisions about these treatments for you. And unfortunately, you know, this case, I don't want to use this case for self-promotion, but I do hope that people can learn that something that looks like or seems like such a benign treatment, cosmetic or beauty treatment, it's not benign. It's very, very, very important that people pay attention to these things. New Mexico is not any different than almost any other state out there. So many of our states are not regulating these kinds of procedures. Now, so microneedling being one, microblading, do you know what microblading is? Yeah, the, yes, with your eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah. So... Have you ever had that done? Huh? Have you ever had that done? No, and I refuse to have it done. I haven't either. Why? Is it because they like, most people like put that, the, the thread like in their mouth and so they're like spit gets all over your face and stuff? What? What are you? <laughs> Is that we're right? Ta we're talking about two different treatments. Oh. <laughs> I appreciate the comic relief <laughs> because, you know, I feel like I was getting a little serious there. Wait, it is a are, serious subject. What are you talking about? It's not, where they do their eyebrows. Not threading. Oh. <laughs> okay. You're thinking about like threading. <laughs> like at the mall. Yeah, that's gross. Right? But I'm right, right? They like put the string in their mouth, and so when they get to that point, like, because you like go I mean, down I guess the thread. Because because when you pull out a piece of hair, that now all of a sudden you've got an opening where that hair was, and I mean, I guess and yes, that could happen. But like, I'm talking about what did you say? Microblading. That has to do with eyebrows too, right? What's that? That's where people. It's like a it's like a temporary tattoo, but they're using an actual oh. like scalpel blade, and they're making little micro cuts 
in the eyebrow, and then they're wiping ink into it. So it's like a cheap tattoo. Okay, yeah. But they're able to... It's temporary tattoo because they, they don't go as deep. Yeah, it doesn't go as deep, but the problem is... Yeah, and, that, and Okay, so I was on the right track. Yeah, we're just yeah. talking about a different well, procedure. Yeah, thread versus a blade. Yeah, you were on the right Eye- track. Eyebrows, <laughs> eyebrows. That was the common denominator. <laughs> okay, I'm eyebrows. So <laughs> microblading, I know for sure in Texas, microblading is not regulated by anybody. Like nobody knows who microblading should be under. Like cosmetologists... It, the cosmetology board hasn't said, okay, hey, yeah, we'll take it. We'll take control of that. We'll be in charge of it. Nope. We'll take microblading for 500, Alex. <laughs> yeah. So um, so microblading is not regulated. Microneedling is not regulated in Texas, but it is regulated in California. So I think within the last year, I'm going to say like eight or nine months ago, California has decided that estheticians may no longer do microneedling because it's not in their scope of practice. I'm not going to argue with anyone about that. I'm just telling you what California has decided. So before you have a lot of these treatments done, you probably should be checking about, you know, is this a regulated part of the industry? Is this a regulated procedure? Who should be and can be? doing these procedures, et cetera. And then check and make sure that someone offering you the procedure is qualified. Yeah. But what I find interesting is he's David Morgan in his statement, he says there is no legislation directly regulating these cosmetic procedures. The New Mexico Department of Health encourages people to learn all they can about such procedures before undergoing them. And I just find that so they're basically saying we're not responsible for it. You need to be responsible for it. Yeah, and what what I find interesting is, yeah, okay, yes, a cosmetic procedure. But what is so? Why is this confusing? Why is it hard to know who's regulating these? Because I guarantee you, injecting Botox and injecting fillers or doing anything like that—that's breaking the skin—that that is considered a medical procedure. So. When he says these cosmetic procedures, is he talking about cosmetic surgery? Because you have plastic surgeons and you have cosmetic surgeons, and they are the same thing. They're not the same thing. We kind of talked about that on one of our podcasts earlier with Dr. Hill, but they're doing some of the same procedures. Both are doing breast lifts. So if a plastic surgeon is doing a breast lift and that's a medical procedure, by his statement, I'm like, okay, since it's a cosmetic surgeon doing a cosmetic procedure, does that mean that surgery is not medical? No, that's not what it means. So I don't know why these departments have such a difficult time figuring out how to regulate these different procedures. It's like, just make me the head of the freaking department and I'll get it done <laughs> I was in 30 say, minutes. I was going to say, what, what would your suggestion be? Make me the head of the department. <laughs> okay. Just for that 30 minutes. I'll hammer it out, get it done, Hand them the paper, be like, here, there you go, boom. It'll be $1,500 now. Mm-hmm. That's cheap for what other people would probably charge them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, as Dr. Runnels pointed out when he was on our podcast, he pointed out that a lot of these people, that things like this that are happening to, or they're getting busted, or they're getting discovered, they're not part of the Cellular Medicine Association. It's not difficult. You can go to vampirefacial.com. So if you want to have a vampire facial done, microneedling with PRP, there's a lot of people out there that say, oh, we do microneedling with PRP. 
That's how they get around not calling it the vampire facial. But you don't know what you're getting if you're going to go in there and get somebody that's going to microneedle you with a microneedling device and do PRP. You, you literally don't know what you're getting. They could have been trained properly. They could have been untrained. They could have been trained improperly. They could have just been watching it on YouTube. Lord only knows what happens. So if you want to get a vampire facial, the vampire facelift, uh, we also do hair restoration, O-shot, Priapus shot, and we'll talk about the O-shot and Priapus shot in later episodes. But all of those things are things that the Cellular Medicine Association um, has a group, and that's why it's important to find a provider online. So you can go to, as I mentioned before, you can go to vampirefacial.com and you can look up a provider. You'll see so you me on there. You can look and see who's certified yeah. in your area. So, right. so if someone was looking in Frisco or South Lake, they would see you on that list. Right. Yeah. Right. You can important. put in your zip code and look for a provider, and then you'll see who is part of Cellular Medicine Association, and they still are a part. Now, some people, they'll go, they'll learn how to do it, and then they don't want to pay you know, for their membership and those kinds of things, and so then they'll just go do their own thing and they'll give it a different name. And they may have been pra- they may have been trained by him or they may not have. But when you go to the website and you see somebody, you put in your zip code and see somebody that's on the website, then you know that they are currently a paying member to be part of that organization. Mm -hmm. That seems worth it to me. Absolutely. So as I mentioned, go to vampirefacial.com in your area, put in your zip code and look for a qualified provider in your area. It's just, it's not worth finding out the hard way and the horrible way that your provider was not properly trained. Yeah. So I hope this was helpful information to everybody today. Absolutely. And I I just want to restate something that you said earlier by the these two cases like you had said that they're, you know, victims of this and they 100% are victims. This is not fair. This isn't obviously this is not something that should have happened to them, but if they could have been informed of these things before it would have 100% changed the outcome. It mm-hmm. would have helped them. I'm sure they would have, you know, been grateful for that. So please don't ever, I, I just want to put this out there. Please don't ever think that we are, you know, victim shaming or saying this is their fault for not knowing. Oh, absolutely not. But this is the reason why we talk about this stuff is preventative and protective for future cases, you know, to, mm-hmm. to for this not to happen. So, you know, in one part, it's, it, it's up to, you as the consumer to do your research, but it is never your fault for being a victim of these awful things that are happening. Yeah. Because people are not... Have to agree. People are not being trained properly and people are falsely impersonating medical professionals and all that, which is awful. But, you know, at the same time, we can arm ourselves with information and we can be preventative. So I just wanted to put that out there that, yeah, that's all. Absolutely. I agree. And... You know, if you're in a med spa or a facility or a physician's office or something and you're asking them, can I watch you open the microneedling cartridge? Can I watch you put it all together? And they have an issue with that. I would just politely excuse yourself and maybe find someplace else. Or if you're asking a lot of questions, um, a lot of the questions that I'm suggesting you ask and they get irritated or upset, um, maybe go someplace else. I have... I have people that have never heard this podcast before and they ask me all kinds of questions. And honestly, I will admit in my head, 
there's like a split second of like, are you freaking kidding me? Real, like, yeah, I, I get that that <laughs> could be like a like, little annoying, but it's also a like split second of like, I've been doing this forever. Let me, let me tell you. And then I, and then I always correct myself in my head and I always, and they're like, well, I'm sorry. And I always turn around and say, do not be sorry for asking because it is important. This is your face. This is your body. And, you know, I just basically tell them that, yes, um, I totally understand where you're coming from. And thank you for asking because those things are important. And I'll take as much time with you as you need to, to get your questions answered. And I will also tell them, I number one, I am not offended that you're asking questions. And number two, if you're not comfortable with proceeding forward, I am not offended. You know, I hope you come back. But if you feel like that you need to leave and rethink this, I completely respect that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, PSA to injectors, like, don't take it personal if people are, like, concerned about this stuff because it's concerning. People are getting HIV from these procedures that should, this should never happen. Yeah, yeah, which is sad. Great thing is there are so many advances with HIV disease right now. It's, It's completely different than it was 20 years ago, even 10 years ago. So for these people, but they will be on a lifetime regiment of immunotherapy, which is unfortunate for them and very mm-hmm. costly. So I definitely do not doubt that not there's a that. lawsuit. There better be a lawsuit. There better be a lawsuit. Yes. We're going to wrap this up for now. Thank you so much for listening. And of all of our podcasts, if you um, wouldn't mind sharing this one, we would really appreciate it because my heart truly is to get education information and empowerment out there to individuals so i'm just going to directly ask you so we need to get this out there yes please share this i know a lot of people have seen the story but the stories covered in the articles have really not covered a lot of these things that we discussed so so share this on facebook share this on instagram you can also tag us on both of those at aesthetic and rn and um Shoot us an email if you have any questions or want to continue the discussion, aestheticandrn at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for hitting that subscribe button. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, we are very, very thankful for you and very grateful. We hope you have a wonderful day. Bye, guys. Enjoy.